The key here is in this world of, of new risk, cyber risk, is not to rely on black boxes. You cannot build internal understanding of the risk landscape you operate in as a carrier, as a reinsurer in the long term if you rely just on scoring. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. So if this is your first time listening to the episode, really quickly hit that subscribe button so you can get all of the new episodes each release every week on Thursday. So today I don't have a lot to say uh, initially because I want to jump right into this topic that we're going to talk about. And it's this topic of cyber um, that I'm going to be having with Yakir. But, you know, before we do that, I want to recognize the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. And that's the Rising Insurance Star Executives or RISE for short. They're the insurance industry's fastest growing young professionals group with the mission to springboard rising talent and attract more young people to enter the industry by changing its image. Now, the group has gained significant momentum since being founded in 2017. Rise offers its members discounts and scholarships to conferences, resources like free CE webinars, internship connections, a job board, and host an annual award profiling 10 rising leaders. It's free to join Rise, so check them out at www.riseprofessionals.com. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Yakir Golan, the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Cover, an insure tech that empowers insurers to understand, quantify, and manage cyber risk. Yakir, it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Abel. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my thoughts with the audience. Absolutely. You know, so, hey, Yakir, you know, um, I had, uh, you know, uh, the opportunity to just learn so much about you and what you've been doing in your career and in your background. But, you know, you've been involved in many disciplines just prior to launching Cover. So if you don't mind, you know, talk to me a little bit about your history and then how you came to launch this company. Sure, sure. So uh, um, myself and all the founding team of uh, Cover are all deeply rooted uh, in the world of uh, cyber threat intelligence. Uh, we all started our career uh, uh, in the intelligence forces here in Israel. I guess most of the audience is not surprised by that. Uh, we uh, were in the front lines of the cyber warfare uh, for many years for the service over there. Uh, but most importantly, after we switched uh, to the commercial side, uh, where there we spent a couple of decades, uh, we were mostly focused on leveraging advanced machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies to model cyber risk uh, for uh, defense purposes uh, for many several vendors. Uh, specifically in the years before uh, founding Cover, I uh, myself, I was more focused around product marketing, sales, and business development. And it was, I would say, 2016, roughly, when I was getting constant inquiries around cyber insurance. Uh, what I did back then was started uh, to dig in, uh, mainly by uh, approaching uh, uh, fall leaders in the space, uh, insurance industry leaders, and what I came to realize, there is a very interesting gap. And the gap is that in a constant manner, I saw that all of them are lacking access 
uh, to relevant uh, data uh, to model the frequency and the severity. And basically when I saw uh, that that uh, was constant and that was the problem, and that was the aha moment that brought cover to life uh, because frequency modeling, uh, that's uh, what we did uh, for many years. Uh, and we realized that uh, there is a very interesting trend now that we uh, can leverage our expertise, our knowledge, all the technologies that we developed for the years uh, and bring them to the benefits of uh, the insurance industry. You know, I think that's, that, that's pretty great, you know, especially as I uh, just hear your background and pulling what you have been doing from the Israeli intelligence forces and in that community and, you know, pulling it forward into the, the commercial space to assist a lot of the carriers and your potential customers, um, you know, based on that subject matter expertise that you're bringing to the table. So, you know, just thinking about cover, you know, what exactly is it, you know, what are the functions and then what's the value proposition in the, in the problem that you're solving? So I would say at, at high level, we, uh, uh, our core, uh, let's say, users of the platform are uh, underwriters, insurance underwriters. And what we help them to do is to understand what is the likelihood and the impact of a cyber event. But even more importantly, we do that uh, in a way that is unique and, and closely correlated uh, to the specific coverages that they provide. So our approach is not providing them and bomb them with intelligence data, our approach is to provide them the relevant uh, uh, visibility into what they are covering. And I would say if I go to, let's say, uh, uh, one resolution down, if you're looking about the, the, the problems in this space of, of trying to model cyber risk, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's come from two angles. So on one side, uh, there are bad inputs. So most of the uh, carriers, we insurers, vendors out there are trying to leverage in a similar manner to other uh, insurance uh, uh, modeling uh, methodologies, historical data. Uh, I will just say that in a nutshell, uh, uh, our mindset, this is just obsolete in cyber. The landscape uh, of cyber threats are, is super dynamic. Uh, on a daily basis, you have millions of new uh, malicious applications, dozens, if not hundreds, depends on the day of new. Uh, active cyber attack campaigns and here uh, for modeling the risk you must have access to real-time data uh, to cyber threat intelligence data at global scale and uh, that's on one side uh, on the other side and this is what we learned as we started approaching a potential client we realized that there is also very uh, interesting problem that we need to solve around uh, the bad outputs uh, we're currently mainly that the carriers we insure are relying on uh, black boxes, uh, on uh, um, uh, security rating services, scoring methodologies without real transparency to what is deriving the, uh, uh, the risk prediction, what is the deriving the scoring. And this is uh, exactly uh, what we are, you know, set to tackle with our uh, solution. You know, you care, you know, when um, just just a few years ago, I had the opportunity to, to develop one of the, the uh, first cyber products for uh, an organization that I worked with on both the first party data breach side and also the cyber um, insurance pr uh, product on a third party. So think privacy, media security. Right. Um, and, you know, when, when we did that, what I, I tried to do was to pair the product itself 
with a capability on the front end um, that could assist an underwriter to really understand the risk and the exposure that they're taking on based on this organization that they're trying to cover. Now, you know, one of the things that were the most challenging, especially for all of these platforms, was the scoring model itself. You know, there, there wasn't a, a true foundation or a, a basis for what was driving that score, especially as you aligned it model to model, uh, platform to platform, and then also um, risk to risk, depending on the industry that that risk was in. So, you know, I, I guess my, my question for you is what makes your model different than the others? Um, and, you know, uh, how do we understand the output that would be coming out of the innovative scoring model that you all have designed? Yeah, all right. So I, I would start and say uh, there are several elements uh, uh, to what you are you were just asking. I would say that first, uh, what uh, uh, is very uh, differentiated in our offering is that we uh, deliver uh, tailored modeling uh, that is fully uh, uh, reflecting the reliabilities that the carriers and reinsurers have. And what I mean by that, I mean that uh, um, we're analyzing the policies in terms of what are the uh, relevant uh, potential cyber events and cyber scenarios that are covered by the specific uh, policy? Of course, that can be affirmative cyber policy, but can be also uh, other lines of uh, insurance like property, professional liability and others. Uh, and then the beauty is that the, uh, the answer, uh, the output of the analysis we are making is fully uh, optimized. Uh, to what uh, you are covering as a carrier uh, and not just uh, uh, providing, you know, off-the-shelf pick-and-choose a solution. Uh, having said that, the tailoring is also uh, um, relevant to the model itself by optimizing the data uh, to the relevant data to the carrier. So think about a carrier that is offering a solution, a, a product, an insurance product for let's say the UK, let's say specific appetite for specific industries, what we do, we also uh, deliver to them a, a model that is uh, uh, on top of the relevant data to these industries, to these uh, geolocations. So basically you are receiving as a client uh, your own model uh, that is different from the models that other uh, uh, clients we have are receiving. Uh, that's the first aspect. Uh, I would say the second aspect is um, relates to the fact that uh, this uh, risk landscape is global, the threats, uh, cyber threats are global, uh, there are no boundaries. Uh, so we, from day one, build the platform on top of global data uh, and on top of real-time data. And this is allowing us very uniquely to deliver uh, accurate models in any territory. Um, third point, I would say uh, that is really helpful to our clients is that we allow them uh, to assess any size of company. Can be large, of course, can be medium, can be small. I would say uh, uh, the interesting part of one of the core IPs that we developed here in Cover uh, is unique capability uh, in a non-invasive manner, get very, uh, I would say, high level visibility, uh, high granularity into the risk of uh, small and mid-sized businesses which represent the untapped long tail in this, uh, uh, in this world of uh, cyber risk. Let me finish just with one additional point. I would say most importantly, uh, what we deliver to underwriters is visibility, not just for direct 
uh, uh, affirmative cyber risk, but also to uh, silent cyber risks. And we are the only solution out there that in a fully integrated manner allows carriers, reinsurers uh, to analyze any policy in a way that uh, is transparent and supporting them in their decisions. Yeah, no, um, and, and, and I do want to take uh, uh, that answer that you gave and just parse it apart a little bit in regards to um, sort of the, the smaller risks as well as the, um, the the silent cyber. But but I'll start with the smaller risks, you know, so um, so that also in the world of underwriting. So, you know, as I speak to underwriters and people all across the industry, um, you know, as they're underwriting cyber, as they're trying to understand the cyber exposure that they're taking on, um, you know, the, the data that's associated with the smaller risks. And, and when I say small, not, not only small, but also risks that are new, um, oh, you know, uh, with only a few years in business, it, it seems to be fairly sparse. Um, but it, but it sounds like you all have been able to produce a solution um, that could allow an underwriter to understand what that risk is, irrespective of how small or how um, young that that business is. You know, so how is that being done, and and how successful is that part of your capability? Uh, so I would say. Basically, uh, the, the point you're just touching here, this is, I would say, one of the core challenges is uh, also in terms of uh, reflecting that to the client. So, yes, indeed, if you are uh, looking on this space uh, in terms of, uh, let's call it cyber catastrophes, there were very few so far. Uh, let's say the most notorious one is not Petya. Uh, but I think the difference here is that, you know, compared to... If I'm trying to compare to other worlds of uh, modeling in insurance catastrophe events, here it's more, um, let's call it human driven. Uh, so there is a clear a path. If you're looking on the data, past data, you're seeing exponential growth uh, of, of occurrences of uh, cyber events and uh, a clear path to these catastrophes frequency to, to increase uh, uh, very uh, dramatically in the next couple of years. And I would say the the, the access uh, that we provide to a proprietary data that is covering both uh, um, uh, attack groups, individuals that are launching uh, attacks, uh, nation state APT groups uh, on, on one hand, and on the other hand, access to real-time incidents data uh, provide unique capability to assess the risk, uh, evolving risk. Uh, according to the new threats. Um, and I would say, you know, if you're looking on how to tackle this challenge, I believe there is, a, a, if I'm looking on the carers, they must join forces with uh, modeling vendors on this front. So it's not different as, as we see from other specialty insurance airlines uh, where you need domain expertise. And here in this domain, you need uh, cyber threat intelligence expertise cyber risk modeling uh, uh, expertise. And that's what Cover and other vendors are bringing to the table. Uh, and on the other side, I would say that, you know, if we're talking more, and this is more around the probability uh, modeling, if we're talking about the uh, uh, modeling, the potential maximum losses uh, from this uh, kind of events, here I would say the approach should be, because of the uh, limited data, should be more a uh, collaborative approach meaning vendors and uh, will bring their knowledge about uh, uh, um, um, about the financial implication of events and breaches that were in the past 
mostly not uh, uh, been exposed in public uh, uh, sources. And on the other side, I think what can be very beneficial is that the carriers and insurers will share also data uh, they are familiar with in terms of potential maximum losses in other lines. So they, we can build together models that, you know, make sense uh, based on combined data from cyber and other arenas as well. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, and I've also been, you know, just hoping for the time where carriers will begin to share their data um, to sort of a larger database, a larger, a larger pool, you know, uh, uh, back in, I think it was 2015 for me, you know, as I was looking to uh, build a, a cyber services capability, um, the hardest thing that we recognized was, you know, there are, are carriers being so protective of their data because they see it as proprietary, didn't want to share the information into um, uh, you know, a database that would help uh, the, the the greater good of the insurance industry itself, right? Um, and, and that sort of created somewhat of a challenge because as the data um, isn't shared and, and is, as the data is limited, um, you know, uh, you may not have a clear understanding of what the aggregate exposure is going to be from that particular information. So, you know, there, there are companies like AIR and RMS that started to build models a few years ago and, um, and, and it's, you know, still under development and under tweaking. But, you know, at this point, I think it's all theoretical because we really haven't had a significant event play out just yet. You know, so from your perspective, you know, how does your platform um, assess the aggregate uh, information to allow carriers to understand cyber aggregation? Um, And then how can this help carriers understand their total exposure to cyber risk? I would say it's again, I'm taking, uh, you know, uh, uh, you and the audience back to, to uh, uh, my answer earlier in the conversation. So what we do uh, at Cover, we start from understanding uh, specifically what is covered by uh, the policy, uh, by the carrier. Uh, and with that, we are enable uh, ourselves and the client to uh, understand what are the specific cyber risk scenarios, uh, accumulated cyber risk scenarios that need to be modeled? Uh, it can be, you know, of course, let's say more classical uh, uh, events that relates to a shutdown of a cloud providers. It can be a, a, a specifically to a, a, an email provider that is going a, a, a out of service. Uh, can be. A, a, you know, uh, um, an attack that relates to a ransomware and the implication worldwide on the book. Uh, but I would say that here what we bring uh, differently is the capability uh, to assess this accumulated risk based on real-time data. Uh, and here is it's key because here uh, in the world of cyber threats, uh, the threats are con- constantly evolving. Uh, and the edge we bring is to reflect all these new threats into our models. So that's, you know, uh, let's say the key technology edge uh, we bring to the table. And this is what's, you know, helping our customers to be more precise in their uh, uh, cyber endeavors. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely great. You know, it's uh, it's it's definitely um, a difference and it's an exit from, you know, some of the other models and some of the other, um, you know, 
organizations and capabilities that we've been seeing, especially as uh, over time they've been trying to, to, to build out this sort of aggregate capability and, and the ability to allow carriers to understand what their entire uh, risk is as it's, um, you know, just as I mentioned a little bit earlier, as, as it truly is theoretical at this point, because we're not really seeing um, sort of a, a wide scale um, uh, uh, um, breach or, or an issue that's uh, really challenging uh, the, the output of this model yet. I'm pretty sure at some point that's going to play out. Um, and, and I'm wondering what the uh, what the expectation is going to be as we start to see that. Now, you know, you hear, you know, you yourself, you know, you wrote about uh, predictions for 2019 um, in the cyber risk markets. And, you know, one of the predictions that you wrote about is the creation of cyber risk pools, a concept that would essentially be similar, at least in uh, the domestic U.S. markets, to what we see as sort of flood risk pools or hurricane risk pools. So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me a little bit about this concept and how you see that playing out in the space of cyber. Yeah, so... You know, effectively what we see, and this is not surprising, is that uh, carriers and reinsurers are obviously hesitant to enter a, a new uh, risk landscape. Uh, cyber is just one example, uh, which is, you know, the effective one here. But I believe that a, a pool structure is, is beautiful here because um, it's a unique opportunity to these companies uh, uh, to gradually enter the market. Uh, while uh, I would say while they are get gradually entering in terms of capital, they are increasing exponentially their knowledge about the cyber risk landscape and allowing them in the future to uh, you know launch their own independent uh, offering. Uh, so if you know I'm trying to summarize that it's it's around sharing the risk, reducing uh, a cost and 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 capital uh, uh, requirements. And on the other side, uh, not less important, uh, increasing their knowledge uh, on this space, this risk, this risk space. Yeah, no, I, I think um, from a um, uh, from a capability perspective, right? I, I mean, I think that I think that that's necessary, right? As, especially again, as you go back to the, the potential of a of a larger event that's going to cause a, a really significant breach, an outage, uh, you know, uh, whatever it may be. You know, I, I absolutely would agree with, with that particular prediction. Um, now, you know, uh, just, just going back to one of the things that you also mentioned earlier uh, around silent cyber, um, which uh, I think was also in, in one of your predictions. Now, you know, I, I got to go back to uh, just, just a few years ago because at that point, um, carriers uh, that were at least leveraging the ISO language language um, domestically here in the U.S. Uh, didn't realize that their core underlying um, language actually had some exposure to uh, cyber, to, to third party and both first party cyber risk. Now, with that said, you know, with that language that was written years ago, at least as the foundational language, uh, this wasn't a significant exposure. So you wouldn't have known that um, underlying that that you could potentially find coverage, um, you know, in that in that language. You know, so ISO, as you realize, subsequently began to release their access to disclosure to try to close that gap. But when you look at a lot of carriers language, um, that gap still hasn't been closed in other places, especially carriers that are proprietary, you know, as, as you look across what, what they're doing, you know, so um, from a silent cyber perspective, you know, how do you see that playing out over the next few years? And, and what do you think the impact is going to be um, holistically in the insurance market? All right. So I would just 
just to 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 uh, maybe crystallize to to the audience, silent cyber risk it means that uh, uh, the exposure to specific cyber events that are covered under uh, different policies like property, like professional liability, like marine hall, like aviation, many others, uh, where effectively you didn't uh, know about it, uh, you didn't price that in. Uh, if you did, as you just described, uh, uh, and you realized that you tried uh, to exclude that, uh, uh, there, is high ch there are high chances you didn't exclude that properly. Uh, and this is something that, as, as you just described, we uh, uh, realized that uh, a bit after we started. And this is why what we are delivering uh, uniquely is an end-to-end -end cyber risk modeling solution. And we call it an end-to-end -end because we start uh, because of this problem uh, that we're just talking about, we start with policy wording analysis. It means that, you know, it doesn't matter which policy you wrote, who wrote it for you, which standard you use, which exclusions you did. We are doing the analysis for you and the output of this process is a, a, a definition to what are the cyber events and cyber events are the ones that under this specific policy, uh, may lead to a claim that is related to, to this event, uh, then this is allowing us uh, to fully uh, uh, assess uh, the risk that is hidden in these policies. I would say uh, looking forward, um, I would say that regulators will play a key role here. Uh, regulators uh, during 2018 and now early 2019 already stated uh, they see this uh, risk of silent exposure as a real uh, threat. Uh, the first one that came forward uh, and, and declared they will demand answered, answers around silent cyber risk is IOPA uh, in Europe. And very recently, uh, three or four weeks ago uh, in January, the PRA in the UK uh, released a, a clear statement saying they will oblige insurers uh, uh, by mid of 2019 to provide answers. Uh, so to your questions, I see that uh, uh, carriers in terms of the uh, future of uh, silent cyber risk, they will be demanded to provide answers. Uh, and specifically because the regulators understand that they are uh, at the moment blind they do not understand what's the capital at risk they have on, on their books in, in terms of uh, cyber. Uh, and they believe, uh, you know, what's done now is not good enough and they must harness more advanced uh, uh, capabilities over there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I would agree with that because there is a, a potential ticking bomb um, in the carrier's portfolio, especially that, uh, those that don't truly understand the cyber risk. And, and you know, what, what's happening out there in the UK um, is one that I think is going to force carriers to try to really understand uh, what the potential of that exposure is. Now, now, now let, let's go a little bit more down this path of regulation. You know, so just thinking back um, when GDPR was announced, you know, it's now been um, in effect for the better part of half a year or so. And, um, you know, what we are starting to see are companies being threatened with record fines, you know, for either exposing data or not limiting the potential of entry um, into their systems, which could then have um, sort of illicit activity target uh, 
uh, PIP, personal identifiable information, right? You know, so there are companies like Facebook that's being threatened with record fines, as well as some of the larger organizations like Google and so on. You know, so how has GDPR led to the original promise of what it was intended to do, or, or just in general, has it led to the original promise? And, and are we starting to see what GDPR was meant to do play out in this space? Yes, I would say that, you know, I'm looking from the angle of insurance, of course, and, and the, the, the uh, matter of whether it's uh, affected uh, the interest among uh, uh, potential uh, insureds uh, to purchase cyber insurance, to expand their cyber insurance coverage. And my answer to that, definitely yes. And uh, we see that across uh, uh, Europe, uh, obviously, uh, in most of the countries. But very interestingly, we see that across many other countries uh, in the world because many of the businesses are operating globally, operating closely with uh, uh, EU-based uh, companies and are also obliged to the GDPR uh, uh, constraints. Uh, so we definitely uh, see that. I'm, I see that definitely as a, as a bless. I see that uh, in terms of the... Uh, how we anticipated the, the impact on the cyber insurance market as uh, very positive. And we see it's happening and definitely we believe it will, you know, uh, will be one other uh, a regulatory uh, push uh, to increase the awareness uh, for the need of risk management and not just, uh, uh, you know, in, in implementing and putting dollars into cyber defense. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I, I want to I want to go back to um, your platform, uh, just in relation to what I've been seeing from other organizations, um, especially on the modeling side of the house. You know, so you know, you all have been able to build the technology to really understand the exposure um, within the I think the, the the three areas you know that 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 you've laid out, right? Aggregation and, and pricing and, and and a couple of other areas. You know, um, and um, you know. There are other organizations that's been trying to do the same thing now. Now, when I think about an RMS or when I think about an air or or maybe even uh, the model that um, uh, reinsurers deploy like within JLT and so on, um, you know, uh, they're leveraging some of these models that's been around for such a long time. So, you know, with with your particular model, um, have you all designed it from the ground up or are you also leveraging capabilities of other models that are out there and, and doing somewhat of the sharing of of data and um, information that you talked about a little bit earlier. So in cover, everything is built in-house. Everything is uh, um, proprietary. Uh, we do on some, I would say, a, a specific limited angles uh, partner with vendors uh, to access uh, uh, data that we believe is interesting. Uh, but uh, at whole, most of the data uh, that we uh, acquire and we are, which are the basic uh, blocks for our modeling, is uh, proprietary. Uh, having said that, I would say that you know if you're looking, all all the companies you mentioned are fantastic companies, but I would say, uh, and I mentioned that very early on. Um, the key here is uh, in this world of of new risk, cyber risk, is not to rely on black boxes. You cannot build internal uh, uh, understanding of the risk landscape you operate in as a carrier, as a reinsurer in the long term, if you rely just on scoring, 
if you do not have the transparency to the insights, to the data, to the modeling approach, if you are not relying on data uh, sets that reflect uh, the new threats in a continuous manner, then uh, I think you're not taking the right uh, path forward. Yeah, no, no, I, I would definitely uh, agree with that. You know, so so just just thinking about the future of cover, you know, what is the future for your organization? All right. So I, I would say, you know, where we are seeing ourselves uh, continuing uh, to support carriers and reinsurers worldwide in their cyber endeavors uh, for our end to end cyber risk modeling platform. Uh, in real time, in a full transparent manner, in a way that is helping them build uh, internal cyber underwriting capabilities. Um, that's where we see ourselves. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, that, that that's definitely. I'm hopeful that um, you know, as we look, uh, you know, a few years down the line, that we're seeing your capabilities be much more ubiquitous in this space, especially in insurance carriers, because um, from the likes of it, it sounds as if you know that the capabilities are are ones that are really going to provide a lot of value to the carriers that may be um, you know looking to um, to really understand their cyber exposure and and understand the uh, the exposures that they're taking on you know as they're underwriting these particular risks so you know um yeah here you know one of the questions that i always ask because i want to make this tangible and i mean this really is about innovation and, and your solution is an innovative solution you know if if there's someone out there that wanted to come into their organizations and uh, change the status quo in a way that can make them uh, in their company just as innovative as you yourself and and, and your capability. You know, what advice would you give them in order to um, be innovative? I would say they must have a, a, a clear uh, a business reasoning. Uh, that's what we learned. Uh, yes, if you're coming with an amazing technology stack with fantastic innovation in terms of the product but you are not showing how in the short, long, mid and long term that will bring a value to the client, to the management in terms of reducing costs or increasing revenues, uh, then you are not winning the, the discussion. Having said that, I believe also for, uh, if you're talking about, you know, fundamentally change status quo, uh, you need the right partners also to support you in this journey um that's what we that's what we learn and uh, so you need several champions uh, in-house uh, to push you forward to truly believe in your vision um yeah that's that's my mindset yeah, no, I, 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 I would absolutely um, agree with that, um, you know, and, and that support, I think, especially around that vision is, is what's going to help, um, you know, you drive uh, that that transformational change within your organization. So, you know, I absolutely would, would agree with that. So, hey, you know, Yakir, I, I want to say thank you. You know, I truly appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about cover about your capabilities and and what it's doing to innovate and transform the insurance industry now of course i want others to be able to know more and to get in contact with your organization so um you know if they wanted to learn more about cover if they wanted to get in contact with yourself or your team you know what's the best way for them to do that uh, so first, thank you so much, uh, Abel, for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate the, uh, and honor to uh, have the opportunity to, to share my thoughts. 
Uh, and specifically uh, for any further questions about what I discussed here and specifically about our solution, um, just please uh, email me directly. My email is uh, yakir, uh, which is Y-A-K-I-R, at cover.com, K-O-V-R-R.com. Uh, pretty responsive uh, across the different time zones. Great, great. Well, hey, Akira, once again, I want to say thank you. I appreciate it. And, and as I mentioned, I'm looking forward to seeing what cover looks like in the future. Thank you so much, Abel. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to being in the near future. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. You know, if this is your first time listening, once again, hit that subscribe button so you can get every episode each week. Now, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Yakir, and this is the type of content that we're going to bring to you and continue to bring to you on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, I always want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see you next week.